Wesley's car. They all laugh about it together. CJ wondered what it would be like to get drunk, and he wondered if Ashley was laughing too. One day, before the trunk of funk era, Max took CJ to his dad's bedroom closet. Inside were piles of pornographic magazines stacked in rows that towered above their heads. There were more magazines than clothes. Something deep in CJ's gut rebelled. This isn't right, he thought to himself. But Max's dad thinks it's fine. And Max's dad is a war veteran, a strong guy, and he still lives in Max's house. Do these pictures bother Max? Why are we sneaking around? What if we are caught? Is that the front door opening and closing? Max had better hurry up anyway. Max navigated the closet as though he'd done it before. He pulled down a magazine and thumbed through the pages. At that moment, CJ knew he was the only sheltered person standing in the closet. Oh, Max is all right, CJ thought. He sticks with me, but my stomach aches. I shouldn't look at this stuff. But I'm curious. Just a little curious. It won't hurt me to just look. They took a few of the magazines and put them in Max's closet. Two months later, CJ turned 15. Through those years, CJ and Max savored the more complicated pleasures of their self-made world. They listened to rap music from a ghetto-oppressed African-American culture they pictured in their heads. They enjoyed military-themed movies and hitting mailboxes with baseball bats. They loved the idea of civil rebellion and hatred of the police, although they never attended a protest and rarely encountered the authorities. At home, CJ grew persistently more rude and argumentative toward his mother and sister. His mind moved with belligerence and anger. His best weapon was his sharp and deprecating tongue. His mother disapproved of his music, mysterious capers, and friends, but she rarely made demands besides going to church on Sunday, eating dinner together each weeknight, and a midnight curfew on the weekends. When Halloween came... CJ's mother asked him to take his sister to a Halloween alternative party at their church. Mom, come on, that's boring. I don't want to do that, he exclaimed. His mother consented under his onslaught of words. CJ, now alone in the house, met Max at the front door before sunset. Do you have the bottles? Max asked. CJ grinned. He filled them that afternoon with the acid used to balance the chemicals in the swimming pool. Stuffing the bottles into the cargo pockets of their camouflage fatigues, CJ and Max strolled into the dusky streets. A white van tore around the corner and stopped in the middle of the street beside a black sports car. From the car window came obscene gestures, and then the guys in the van threw raw eggs at the car. Max knew the guys in the van, including the driver, Jason. Max introduced them to CJ, and then he and CJ climbed aboard. The van circled the block and stopped in a new neighborhood. The guy slammed open the van doors and rushed a group of trick-or-treating children, including an unsuspecting Cinderella and her brother, the Pumpkin. Max fisted two eggs. CJ grabbed one. Not wanting to hurt the youngsters, CJ lagged behind just enough to be harmless yet appear malicious. A sprint through a field, some squeals, a few dropped bags of candy were enough to please these guys. They returned to the waiting van and cruised into another subdivision. Max shared the secret about what he and CJ were carrying in their cargo pockets. 
What an idea, Jason exclaimed. CJ played along. So the six of them crawled out of the parked van. Darting under shadows, they clustered under a hedgerow across the street from their target. Do you know this house? asked CJ. No, said the boys. Max pulled out his acid bottle. They mixed the chemicals to create a reaction. Then one guy bolted across the street, opened the mailbox, and shoved the bottle inside before hurrying back. The boys huddled together under a bush and held their breath. The bomb's explosion pierced the night, and it was soon followed by the sound of car alarm sirens and the glare of porch lights as the neighbors investigated the noise. The grass hardly bent under CJ's speedy feet, and nobody dared to glance back. They regrouped at the van. No adults sighted. As the evening waned, the neighborhood children went indoors.